Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. Welcome. Um, you've just listened to our theme song that I've we've been promoting for the last few well few weeks, month or so now, however long it is. But today, instead of being joined by Jeremy and Justin like I normally am, I'm joined by the guy who gave us the theme song, Nick Testa from Night Beast. Nick, how's it Hi. going? It's going very well. Uh, my uh, Philadelphia Eagles just won in overtime, and I'm in a good mood. Oh, well, you know, you can't go wrong there. I saw the Packers uh, win a game on Thanksgiving Day where they were double-digit underdogs. So I was, you know, (laughs) and unfortunately, I'm not sitting with the two guys that I normally do because one's a Packer owner and one's just a diehard Packer fan. That's awesome. Being that, you know, we live in Green Bay, so there's a lot of owners in Green Bay. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's most of the citizens. Yeah, most. most yeah, I I haven't been here long enough, so they haven't issued me the stock yet, or <laughs> you know, I wasn't around last time the stock was uh, being issued, so I don't I haven't bought any. But so we we would normally be talking about how great that game was because nobody gave the Packers a chance in that one. So let's get let's. Uh, first off, it's nice to finally have somebody uh, from the game show on here. And and be in a position where I can say, "Hey, we were on a game show together," <laughs> because it's no longer like living in secrecy. Yeah, it, it the whole thing has been so bizarre, unlike anything I've ever done in my life. Yeah, so it was. So we met uh, doing "We Are Family." Uh, we were. I still don't know how much we can actually say, so I'm yeah. going to hedge, hedge my bets a little bit. Because I know they said we can talk about what's publicly known. Yeah. So, you know, we were on the show and Anthony Anderson was the host. And it was, uh, you know, there was some really good times and a couple not so good times. But I would say for the most part, it was a fun time. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so we got to know each other because we got to spend some time together. A lot more extra time than some other people did. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so you are in a band called Night Beast. Yes, uh, I'm in a band called Night Beast from Dayton, Ohio, and we have been a band for a very long time. I put out my first solo recording under that name in 2008, and we've been a full band since 2012 and with most of the same members. Okay. Um, I have, uh, since coming back, gone on a bunch of deep dives. I don't listen to Spotify. I hate Spotify. It's not political in any I'm, I'm not making like a James, not James Taylor. What was that guy? Oh, Mr. Overrated himself. Jeez. I uh, can't remember his name now. He did a bunch of stuff with Pearl Jam, but he was oh, Cros, Crosby. Oh, Neil Young. Nat, Neil Young. Yeah. I'm not making a political statement against Spotify. I just don't like the user interface. I don't like the, the way it works. I just, I don't like it as a, as a, a service. So I tend sure. to stick to Apple music. So I don't have a lot of the night. I've got only the one album on Apple yeah. Music, yeah. Uh, but I have listened to it a lot. 
Yeah, when we put out that first record, the first EP in 2015, Apple Music wasn't even really around yet. Um, and so the service that I used to release it didn't go to Apple Music. And for some reason, I completely forgot to do it afterwards. So I just never have. Okay. Well, maybe one day you can get around to that. So the, those of us who don't use Spotify. Yeah, I probably should. It's It's only going to help. I I will say um, I'm I'm shocked that you guys haven't made it bigger because I mean I I thoroughly enjoy it I've watched a lot of your videos um, a couple uh, so most of them are very entertaining the, uh, <laughs> the the nasty boys video maybe has some questions coming up a little bit later um, <laughs> happy to answer them that was the most fun video we've ever I, made I would imagine it looked like the most fun uh, but the one that that had me laughing really hard and I can't I un I, this is why I don't have probably more uh, podcast listeners than, than um, I should, because I didn't do the research that I should have done. I watched the video <laughs> and I forgot the name of the song, but it's uh, you're working at like a comic book store and you have a list. Of, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. That one was pretty funny. I enjoyed that one as well. That one's called Waiting to Die. And that's on that album that's not on okay. uh, Apple Music as well. OK, which is, you know, which is probably why. I mean, I have watched, I think, most of the videos, but yeah. The the one album is so. Um, where does the name Night Beast come from? Well, uh, a lot of times we get asked if it's from the trauma film uh, of that name from 1982, but it actually isn't. Um, when I was in college, all two weeks of that, my a friend of mine just called me that. Like I jumped up on something. I used to be kind of wild in comparison to how I am now. And I jumped up on a bar top or something. And he said, get down, Night Beast. And I thought it was really funny. Then it became my nickname for a while. And then from there, the nickname turned into the project name. And then the project name turned into the band name. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I when I posted something about Night Beast on my Instagram, uh, one of the one of the guys I've done some some episodes with uh, James from interview with a horror virgin uh, mm-hmm. was like, oh, is it from the uh, the night? Be I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're the only one who would think that because you know you live in the world where that comes up, but because uh, everyone else doesn't know what that movie is, because um, it, it's not a good movie. I've definitely <laughs> watched it um just to see what's up with it i love like the font on the box is super cool and like the creature looks fun uh i don't really like those kind of gory movies or anything like that but uh i've had to know about it because people ask us every Uh, couple shows somebody asks yeah well i i I love a good bad movie uh Mm -hmm. especially trauma like Mm -hmm like the toxic avenger or terra firmer tromeo and juliet like (laughs) yeah they're just i you know you're not about to watch like the shawshank redemption yeah yeah but you know you know you're gonna have a good time because it's just gonna be stupid funny yeah i i love a. would rather watch a good bad horror movie like uh you know like a super cheesy one than like saw like yeah eh, not interested not interested in that you know, if you're going to give me lots of gore, give me gore in the way of like just stupid, ridiculous, over the top, like yeah. trauma, like buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Like where they're clearly being fake about. It. That's way more fun. Yes, absolutely. So Night Beast was pretty much the first band then, or because I, now this is, if memory serves, well, the memory does serve me a little bit. You used to be a, a roadie or a guitar tech. 
Yeah, I did that for a while. So my musical history goes like this. So when I was in high school, I played in a bunch of punk bands, um, just like buddies getting together, um, learning how to play our instruments together. When I was 16, I started going to independent shows thrown at a Knights of Columbus Hall here in Dayton. And that's where I kind of learned to love making music and and being at shows and the whole culture of independent music, mostly punk rock and hardcore. And in that time period, I met a bunch of guys that I ended up playing with. And I was in this band called A Day in the Life for a year, maybe two years. And then I quit that band. They changed their name to Hawthorne Heights. And then they got really, really big. Um, I ended up working for them after I quit the band because I went to do something else. I went to be in an indie rock band and we broke up after like three months and they got huge. Uh, so I was selling merch for another band called Punchline out of Pittsburgh, who kind of got my start, got me my start on the road. And we did tours. We, we went to Japan. We toured with Fall Out Boy when they were really, really small. So I got to know them during that time period and then when my time was up selling merchandise i learned how to fix guitars and work with hawthorne and then i did that for nine years with like uh four years with hawthorne a couple of years with bayside uh some time with brand new some time with metro station and uh say anything i worked with say anything for a while and then I stopped touring in 2009 when I met who is now my wife and uh, I have not gone back on the road since then. And I probably won't ever again. So say anything is mm -hmm. that album is real boy. Yeah. I will sometimes get obsessed and just listen to that album like repeatedly. Yeah. Like the other stuff, like I will listen to it, but that album for whatever reason, sometimes when I, I get fixated on stuff. Yeah. Um, that album tends to be an album that I get fixated on. So that was lightning in a bottle. He, um, he made some really good songs afterwards, but nothing can capture the, the spirit, the genius, everything that he had going on in his mind when he made those songs. It's just like front to back an incredible record and he did it when he was like 16 years old 18 years old it made no sense at all it's an incredible album and when i got to work for them i was a huge fan um so and i told myself i never want to work for a band i really like because um i don't want them to be jerks and ruin it you know like ruin right. my fandom um they were not they were very sweet i had a great time working for them uh i had an opportunity to work for newfound glory who's one of my favorite bands of all time we've talked about them before when we, yes we were hanging out and i actually turned it down because i love them so much like and i like them as people too very much i still see them every now and again but their music was so important to me and like just nostalgic and i had so many like intense memories with newfound glory and like friendships uh that i just didn't want to ruin that just in case i could i could see that i definitely understand that because that that newfound glory that stick, sticks and stones right that was their first mm -hmm. or second album yeah their uh, second uh second. second really big one yeah yeah that's that's the one that i tend to listen to when i remember that they are a band <laughs> 
not I'm not saying they're not good. I do like that. I mean, I listen to that album a lot. I just I go in cycles where like sure. I'll get on certain genre kicks or or like I'll just I'll forget that certain bands exist because I get so fixated on other bands yeah. or other oh, yeah. genres that that I I will like I'll I'll like probably annoy people at work like burning out like Motion City soundtrack. I love them. Yeah. Like or or I know I can't listen to Pearl Jam at work unless it's on a Saturday anymore because I uh, <laughs> I I made one of the other guys pretty mad. <laughs> but you know that's that's uh you know but that that's just my own mental problems and and the way I get fixated on things. But yeah, you, know, you got you got to scratch an itch. I understand. Yeah. So that that raises me a question that I don't think I wrote down. No, I didn't. If I was to ask you who the most famous person in your cell phone is, is that a oh. question you'd be willing to answer or or could answer? Like if I was to be like, call the most famous person you know right now. That I know now that would accept the phone call? Yeah. Um probably one of the guys from Bayside or so. I uh, probably I don't at one point I had some uh more famous people in my phone. Uh, I worked for Dave Chappelle once that I probably had his phone number, but I erased it. Uh, probably that's probably the most famous one. All right. Yeah. He's pretty um, famous. There's a song. And, and again, that, because I listen to it at work, like I hear it a lot, but I don't have the track titles in front of me. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm trying to remember what song it is. It's about halfway through the album that's on uh, Apple Music. Um, Actually, yeah. Anyway, the the one line that that comes up a couple times in the song that made me go, "There must be a story to this," <laughs> uh, is something about people like kites. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, so people love kites is what Sean told me. Sean is the guitar player, one of the two guitar players in the band. And one day, uh, he picked me up. This is years ago because we're all really good friends. So part of the reason we're still in a band together is because that's the way that we get to hang out with each other. And we're all like like brothers, like really close friends. But we all have lives and families and jobs and that kind of stuff. So the band is the only thing that really kind of keeps us seeing each other one day he picked me up in his rickety minivan this is probably 15 years ago and he was a single gentleman at the time he he's not anymore but i said he said uh or i opened up the i opened up the van and there were a bunch of kites just like plastic flying kites like dude why do you have so many kites in your van he goes people love kites man (laughs) and that was it i wish there was more to the story than that no no that's perfect that's exactly what i i kind of expected i just that that, but there's something so simplistic about that line and then you repeat it at least twice in the song or Uh it comes up a second time that i was like Mm -hmm. it's so bizarre like it seems kind of out of place but (laughs) so that whole song specifically is just about our band i wish that i was more clever lyrically um, and I'll tell you a secret. I don't care about lyrics. So most of my lyrics are just inside jokes or like autobiographical stuff because I can't think of anything better. I'm not apt at that at all. 
Um, I've always listened to music more than I have the words. And I commonly forget that people listen to words rather than the music. See, that that's where for, for like me, since I have no musical ability. I I mean, when I was in middle school, I played tenor sax until I was go. like, I don't want to be a nerd in high school and be playing tenor sax. <laughs> I mean, I was still a nerd in high school. It didn't help. <laughs> it didn't save me there. But um, I think mainly it was like, I was like, I don't want to be in marching band. And if I play tenor sax, I have to be in marching band. Yeah. So I never nurtured that. So I don't really have any musical ability. I know my, my, apparently my dad's father. So my grandfather on my dad's side was in the Minneapolis Philharmonic. Oh, wow. The St. Paul Minute. So I know, I know it's it, that ability is in here somewhere. It's in the <laughs> DNA. Uh, I've just never bothered to unlock it. I decided to go with figuring out how to rebuild engine instead. So, <laughs> and I can't do that. When it comes to music, like I do, I mean, a good, a good hook will get me really going, but like at some point, like I gotta have good lyrics, which is why like Ben Folds is one of my all time yeah. favorites. Yeah. Because Ben Benvold is not only really good musically, he's also really talented lyrically. So, are you a, a multi instrumentalist, or do you? Yeah, I. Uh, let's see. As far as like, I play most of the rock instruments, so I can play guitar and bass proficiently. I can hold my own on drums, and I can play keyboards. Okay, not not in a not in a great way, but um, I can figure it out. Okay, uh, well, that's that's more than a lot of people can do. So, <laughs> when it comes to guest collaborators, how mm-hmm. how do you decide that you need one, or and how do you go about, like, just do you put like a blanket call, like I need a female singer, or do you because of your relationships with other bands in the area, like I, I've always been curious about how that oh, sure. happens. Um, so it's all pretty local. If I'm doing anything that I that I need, like, like you said, like a female vocal or someone who can play an instrument that I cannot play or like, especially drums. Cause I'm like pretty strict about the drummers that I play with. They have to be so good. And you know, it's, they're always, almost always the best musician in our band because I think drums are so important they're just so important. They keep the most time, you know, they keep the time for the rest of the band. So we, cause when I sing, it's all rhythmically again, because I don't care about the words. I don't care about what I'm singing. I want to make sure that it's on time and you can sing along or dance to it or whatever it is. Drums are so important to me. So I usually try to find, that's the first thing I try to find is a really good drummer for whatever the project is in the 20 odd years that I've been making music in Dayton, I have fortunately met a lot of people who are great players and great writers and know kind of what I'm trying to do. So um, I usually just make a call or send a text or a message. If I don't know them very well, but I admire them, I say, hey, uh, I like what you're doing. If you'd like to make something together, that would be awesome. So Usually it works out. Now, um, at a certain point when we were talking and hanging out, you sent me uh, because you found out that I'm a, a massive Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. In fact, you you would make an argument that so one of the two guys I do the podcast with, Jeremy, him and I kind of bonded over discovering a mutual love of Kevin Smith and, <laughs> and tell him Steve Dave. 
And Kevin Smith's big thing has always been do it yourself. Yeah. Not just like enjoy my art or enjoy everybody else's art. Like this, anybody can do it. Go do it. Like just go do it. Yeah. Just go do it. Like you just need a microphone. Just go do it. Yeah. And we, we took it, <laughs> we took him up on it. So we, yeah. we started a podcast and him and I, like we were friends at work, but like we didn't really hang out. And like, I'm not quite 20 years older than he is. So there's kind of a, you know, maybe, maybe more like 15, but there's, there's kind of a bigger gap between us age wise. Sure. So we invited a, another guy who's kind of in between us, but like a guy that we both hung out with outside of work independently of each other. Oh, wow. Us, which okay. is where Justin came from. Okay. We did a hundred episodes and then for whatever reason it died, it kind of came back and then we, then we came back and now we're on our second set of a hundred episodes. So awesome. we're technically That's at so like two. We're, yeah. we're technically at like two hundred and thirty something. Where you know, but anyway, the the when I, I bring this up because like we did it because of our love of Kevin Smith, our love of Tellum, Steve, Dave. Like that was where like we were like let's do a podcast. Like yeah, let's you know we enjoy sitting around bullshitting with each other. Um, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Um, and you found this out. And you sent me a sent me a clip of Kevin Smith talking about your band. Yes. How did you manage to get that done? Okay, so I wish it was like clout or something. It is not. So my friend Josh Rausch, um, he's my friend because uh, Robbie, our other guitar player, grew up with him in Middletown, Ohio, and. Josh worked for, I don't know if he still does, but worked for Kevin for quite a long time. And he was the... Is, uh, is this the Josh Rouse that he talks about on doing sound for Hollywood Babylon? That's him. That's that him. he referred to as Dr. Josh Rouse? Dr. Josh, himself? yep. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> so that's, I, I love that you know that. Um, I'm going to text him after this. So Josh is awesome. He just shot um, one of our shows. He's very talented uh, filmer, videographer, and just and like the most punk rock guy I've ever met on the planet. Um, but so Josh was making a movie called Wrong Reasons, and Kevin executive produced it. One of the things to um, help fund the movie was Kevin made these kevios, which were like cameos, and you could donate to it. And all the money that was raised, and it's, it's Kevin Smith promoting whatever, or sending whatever video to a, a loved one or something like that of, of Kevin Smith talking. And so we donated because we wanted Josh to make his movie, but uh, we also wanted Kevin to talk about our new album. Um and so he did, and he went above and beyond. I think most of the the cameos were about fifteen to thirty seconds, and and you know pretty much on script. But he went off script and talked, and even gave a shit, and like, um, cuts said our record title sounded like a Richard Marks album title, which is also completely true. Um. And I loved that, but I'm I'm a huge fan of his too. So that really got a big kick out of me. Yeah, um, and I think I now have a new answer to the question I asked you earlier as to who the most famous person in your uh, your 
your phone it's Dr. Josh Roush. Is <laughs> the wrong reasons. That's the movie that he shot with Ralph Garman. Did you watch it? No, I've always wanted to, but I keep forgetting to look up the name of it, um, which tells me I'm going to do that right now because I can edit this out. And add it. <laughs> There's an app called Just Watch. Yeah. Um, that's great. And you can just look up any movie and it will tell you where it's streaming. Yeah. Uh, wrong reasons with Kevin Smith promoting. Oh, it's on Tubi. So guess what's getting added to the watch list? <laughs> Done. Um, all right. Yeah. So uh, everyone should go watch Wrong Reasons. And I, I'm pretty sure he still has some DVD copies that are signed by him and Kevin on the Wrong Reasons website. It's a cool punk rock movie. And uh, I was able to watch it at a screening. He did a screening in Dayton. And I'd never been to one of those before, like an independent film screening. And he was there and he had merch. And it, it was so cool to see that knowing him and his family was there. It was it was awesome. It was a really cool experience. That that does sound really cool. And that is I mean it's it's I mean such a random small world because for like finding out that like you know somebody that close related to the Kevin Smith universe then like Jen who was part yeah. of our group yeah. is a is a 13%er which is the female fan of Tell <laughs> Steve yeah. Day. Yeah. Um like just I mean I've never met I very rarely do I ever meet anybody who knows what Tell Steve Day is. Sure let alone be like a fan, like a Patreon subscriber of Tell Him Steve Dave, you know? Yeah, that's wild too. Yeah, and because I have a Kevin Smith tattoo and the first night that we were all hanging out, she noticed it and you noticed it almost simultaneously. And then we all kind of like a triangle of, oh, we get it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I mean, last last summer, the wife and I took a trip out to my parents' house when before they moved here, they lived in D.C., in the D.C. area. Okay. Um, and then, so my wife was just like, she had never really spent much time because her family growing up, they didn't do road trips really. They just only sure. stayed in the area. Um, like, I don't know if my brother-in-law has been out of the state past like Illinois or Minnesota. Oh, wow. Like, he just doesn't travel. Like he just, you know, like that just, they don't, they, they've been all over the place in Wisconsin, but very rarely do they leave the state. So I travel, I've been to all the four states. Um, that's awesome yeah i've been to south america i've been to germany i've been you know i've been to canada like you know i i like to go places Um, yeah but so when we were going to see them because we knew they were talking about moving out here she wanted to kind of maximize the trip and she figured out that atlantic city is not that far from dc oh yeah like New York City, Atlantic City, like a bunch of Philadelphia, like none of them are yeah, that far it's, from it's DC. Like two hours, like, yeah, they're so all she really figured close. out how to do in the map. Like, so we drove up from DC to Philly, saw the Rocky statue, and then headed over to <laughs> to Atlantic City. And yeah. I told her, I'm not like much of a gambler, but I don't have, I, I just don't care. Like it's boring. Yeah. So I'm not. But she enjoys the slots and, and you know casinos and what you know. But she's not like it's not. I'm not saying she's a problem gambler. She has her limits and knows where they are and yeah um, but i told her if we're going to new jersey atlantic <laughs> city there's not a chance in the world that i'm not going to go the hour up the road to red bank and see secret yeah. stash and then yeah, go you from secret go stash over to tell them steve dave general store 
So I was like, that's part of the deal. If you want me to spend all this time with you in a casino, which you know I don't like because I'm bored by them, <laughs> we're going there. So like, I got to make a complete fool of myself meeting Walt and get him uh, because I just was fanboying out. Yeah, but that's so cool. And and you may think that they get that a lot, but they probably don't. And that's super cool. I'm sure that yeah. they got a kick out of it too. Yeah. So I mean and I and I probably didn't make near as much of a fool of myself as I think I did. Yeah. You know, you know, they you know, if they even remember it, I would be shocked because I mean, you know, I don't know how many people they get in the store on a regular basis, but you know, the likelihood just you know, I probably didn't even like make a memorable enough, you know, impression that, you know, because I just walked in, I bought my stuff, I said, I love the show, you know, thank you and, and walked on with my day. But, you know, I and I replay it all in my head and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I said that or didn't say this or, you know, whatever. You know, you just, you know, the same thing that everybody does. You get in your own head about stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know, no, that's that's pleasant. You were nice. Yeah. You were a right, nice, right. normal yeah, person. Yeah, you know, and I didn't go like, you suck or, you know, I can't believe you said that one <laughs> thing. You know, like, I just was like, I'm just, I just want to meet him. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, took my picture and moved on with my day. Uh, yeah. Before we get to the more random stuff, I do have, when it comes to music, do you have, like, I know you're obviously more of the rock, the punk, you know, the, sure. the hardcore stuff, but do you consider listening to anything, like, would you consider anything a guilty pleasure? Or, like, is there music that, like, so, you don't want to admit to? Actually, no. So I okay. think I subscribe to the idea that if you like it, if it makes you feel good when you listen to it, or it makes you feel a certain way at all, you should just like it. Like okay. it does nothing. Cause I like anything from, I, I like Spice Girls. I like, um, Metallica. I like, you know, I, I don't listen to either one of those very often, but if I hear it, I don't get upset. There's, there's lots of music that any genre I'll listen to. There's several genres I really don't enjoy. I don't like, uh, like new rock, like, creed hinder nickelback type stuff i just don't get it it's not for me yeah i because i like i i'm just i don't like country at all yeah i don't care for uh, country too much either you know i just i don't there there's just you know i just i don't appreciate the genre i mean there's some some i can i can appreciate some of it from a musical standpoint where mm -hmm. i can really go like I don't necessarily like her music, but like Miranda Lambert obviously has an amazing mm -hmm. voice. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And yeah, Casey Musgraves has some good songs. Yeah, there, there's definitely, you know, I can tell there's some musical talent in there. Uh, what's the one that my wife really likes? The big guy with the long hair. More of a rock, but he did some stuff with... Uh, Stapleton? Chris Stapleton? Yes, Chris Stapleton. Like yeah. him, him I can kind of get behind because he's, he's yeah. more almost southern rock more than... Yeah, country, and I know it's a very fine line distinction that I have to make to to be able to listen to certain things. But yeah, like uh, I'm I am open to watch any live band. I'm open to listen to anything at least once. There's just certain things I don't want to listen to again. Okay, well then, asking you what the most like you know guilty pleasure on your iPod would be would not be a question worth talking about. So. <laughs> Hey, for that matter, if anybody listening actually even remembers what an iPod is, so <laughs> man, uh, I'd have to think about that. I th there's so I DJ too, 
and a lot of the music that I buy is on my iTunes. And sometimes I'll listen to iTunes on shuffle. And there's a lot of songs that I would not listen to on purpose. Um, but I have to buy them because people want to hear them at the club. So there was one day where I had to hear the Cupid shuffle. I was driving alone and my music was on uh shuffle and I slammed on the brakes and my phone went under the seat and I couldn't get to it. So I couldn't change the song. Oh. My windows were down and I looked like a lunatic. Cause I'm listening to the Cupid shuffle a like wedding dance song alone at full volume <laughs> at a stoplight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I could. One of the things that we used, to, I used to love to do when I was in high school because we thought it was funny would be get like a like a Bach or a Beethoven CD, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. get a bunch of my guys and and my little 1981 Honda Civic, which you know I went to high school in the 90s, so do the math on that one. Um, <laughs> And then, like, pull up to a stoplight, roll the windows down because I didn't have automatic. And then, like, turn, like, Bach up to, like, full blast. And then I had, I mean, I had long and headbang. Like, we were, like, headbang to Bach. Headbang. And then just, (laughs) like, especially, like, if it was a car full of older people. And just watch their confused. (laughs) Try to go, wait a minute. There's four high school kids with longer hair headbanging to Fuck! What is going on? <laughs> I mean, we That's... we thought it was the height of comedy, but I'm guessing it was more just you know people going, "What are these idiots doing?" <laughs> <laughs> you could have been doing worse. I think that's really funny. <laughs> All right. So, if you could wedgie anyone in history, who would it be, and of no. course, why? And obviously, Man. I had to tell you that uh, you can't do Hitler because one, it's boring. People have done it. It's it's. I've had that answer at least once, but yeah, yeah. And okay, so it's in it's in history, so it's not a fictional character; it has to be a real person. Eh, anybody, I mean, it's your answer to answer how you want. That's hard because I was actually thinking about that. You sent that to me before, and I really don't know because if, I, if you got to go fictional, you got to go fictional. However, you want to answer it. Oh, who's the? There's like several actors who I don't. Like, man, who would I wedgie? Can we come back to it? Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll swing back around then. Um, what? Uh, and and we'll just I, we'll roughshod or you know scramble these questions up a little bit. Um, okay. When it comes to like what what feeds you, and you can answer that however you want. I, I'm gonna let that be open ended question, but like, what feeds you? Not, not obviously not food. I've had that answer before. <laughs> um, that's not what I mean. I mean spiritually, emotionally, you know, uh, mentally. Like, like what? Creatively, you know. What, you know that. Yeah, creatively. Like what? What? What do you like when you're in need to get in the zone? What do you consume? What do you, or you know, what do you go after to you know help you do whatever it is you're going to be doing? This is kind of a non-answer, but I th- it's how I feel about it. So when I'm making music or when I am being creative in any way, if it's like a uh, phys- or visual art or anything, which I do sometimes, but not very often, mostly just to mess around. But if I'm making music, 
it's because that is my escape. So it's not necessarily what feeds me, but my answer is always normal life can sometimes be bullshit. And everybody knows that it's, it's not, I'm not the only person that this happens to. There's a lot of bad things that happen and you know, those are all varying degrees, but I have found that if I'm making music or if I'm listening to music or watching a movie or something, and I can escape that, it's not going to take it away. It's not going to take it away forever. And I still have to deal with those things, but it's where I am the most comfortable. I'm in control of what I'm doing. And I always feel good when I'm making something or it could be anything, but for that moment, I guess that is what feeds me because I know that I am able to at some point, make something that's going to make me happy if no one ever hears it or anything. I know that I have that ability and I can continue to do it and then make myself feel better and give myself that control that I desperately need. Oh, let's do the generic one then Marvel or DC. Ooh. So I love, it's hard to say because Okay, we'll go Marvel. I don't really, I have to tell you, I have a bit of Marvel fatigue as of late. Like, I don't really care. I really liked a lot of the first few movies and some of the TV shows, but I'm just kind of over it. But I love the art of um, the comics from the, the Golden Age all the way up to the 90s. And that's why I have all those Marvel figures behind me. Um, I love 90s era x-men and spider-man and all of those probably way more than i do anything dc although batman's pretty cool yeah well that's like i i like like dc when it comes to the dc you know and i get um justin always comes down on me for saying i have an anti-dc bias i don't like i think i come down harder on dc because i want it to be like i want it to be better not mm-hmm. because like I don't like it. It's just I like I want it to be good. So when it's bad, like it bothers me. Like I yeah. Like, I mean, I love Batman. I love a lot of the DC stuff. But Marvel, like animated wise, until the last year or two, um, DC has just been better. Like than yeah. Marvel, like across the board, except for maybe the X Men uh, cartoons. Yeah. Like yeah. go back, go back and watch that Spider Man cartoons from the early nineties. They're not great. It's painful. It, <laughs> it, like we maybe at the time thought it was good, but rewatching it now, it's oh, it's it's bad. It's uh, X Men. X Men holds up, but like Batman animated series, like it's still like amazing. Like today, it was really like, cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, Marvel, like when it comes to like reading the books, like mm-hmm. I, I'm across the board. It depends on the author. Like you know, it, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm more of a Bendis guy, so whoever he's writing for, or Mark Millar, or, you know, I like Mark Millar. You know, so you know, I just I tend to lean more towards Marvel when it comes to reading because I like a lot more of their stuff. But you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it could just be you know who whoever has got the better art, artist and and uh, writers at the time. So, um, it was Vertigo was an imprint on DC, wasn't it? I believe so. Yes. I liked a lot of the titles on that. I don't read comics nearly as much as I used to, or if at all anymore, but I remember really enjoying a lot of the Vertigo book, Vertigo books. 
think if you put that under that DC umbrella, that I definitely like those. Yeah, I uh, I got back into comics um, a while back, and I I really like the Ultimate Universe that Bendis mm-hmm. had created with all Spider Man, and then mm-hmm. Hickman and a bunch of other people had had gone in with with the X Men and the Fantastic Four and stuff like that. So like I was really into the the Ultimate Universe. Deadpool with like uh Mark no is it Mark with not Mark Danny Way. Okay. Mark. They 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 were there was just a, a really good run of a couple of years and until my friend Craig shut his comic book store down, I spent way too much money at his store. <laughs> like I felt bad for Craig shutting down his store, but man, it helped my pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, uh let's go with uh what fictional world would you live in? If you had the option, like you could just be like, I'm packing it up. I'm done with planet earth. I'm moving to, I'm moving to, well, I think one of the, and we're not terribly far off, but one of the movies that I really like, it's one of my comfort movies is uh ready player one. Okay. So even though it's in a bit of turmoil, I think I would like to live in that world. I think it would be really cool. Um, that or Hook, <laughs> Neverland and Hook. Okay. I always, when I was a kid, I really thought that that was that was it. That was the coolest place to be. All right, I'm finally getting some different answers to those questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, do you have an answer to the other question yet, or through the wedgie? Probably Jerry Jones. That owns the Cowboys. Okay. All right. I'm with you on that one. Because he's probably never been wedgied and definitely not enough. <laughs> I I um I am a diehard cowboy hater. Yeah. I don't really have a subscribe I'm the longer I live in, in Milwaukee area, I'm like slowly finding myself rooting for the Packers more and more and, sure. and selling out to becoming a Packer fan. But I <laughs> will gladly watch the Cowboys lose 17 games a year um, and not feel bad about it. And I've come around on Jerry Jones because I used to hate the guy because he owns the Cowboys and I hate the Cowboys. But now I love it because I have assumed that he must hate the Cowboys as much as I do. I think he does. And that's really funny. (laughs) Because it's the only explanation I have for why he does what he does with that team. Like, you know, Oh, everybody right now is talking about how good Dak is and how good the Cowboys are. And it's like, yeah, they haven't played anybody, buddy. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, they look really good against the Giants, but, you know, so does everybody else. You know? <laughs> yeah, they haven't really gotten to the meat of their season yet. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens come playoff time. when They have to start playing real people. I'm sure there are plenty of other people that I would that I would like to wedgie. But I'm very non-confrontational, so I definitely wouldn't anyway. Well, see, our, when I developed a bunch of these questions, the one the one question was like, you know, somebody was like, "Oh, you know, if you could go back in time and kill anybody, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get into that because that gets hairy and whatever." Yeah. Giving somebody a wedgie, eh, that's just you've ruined their day. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but ultimately, you don't change anything. Like, you just, you know. 
Like you just, you know, you gave somebody a bad, maybe not even a bad day, just a bad couple of minutes, you know? <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> right. You know, you don't get into the hairy political, you know, problems of, you know, you know, would you kill baby Hitler if you could, you know? Yeah, that's, and I was trying to avoid any politics stuff. There are plenty of people who are in American or foreign politics who I really don't care for, but I don't, it's not even worth it. Yeah, I I try not to get political on the show. Um, It's just not something that we want to do. This is a pop culture show. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it will come up occasionally, but we don't, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we we talk about anything and everything. We also try to put ourselves in a situation where we're not going to get canceled. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why you'll never find the original 100 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, uh, I thought of a second person that I would wedgie just off. And it could be a group of people. Whoever canceled My Name is Earl, because I love I, that show. Hey, I will 100% agree with you. I co-sign it. I stamp okay. it. I will, I will, I will, in fact, I will take out the stamp of approval that Pop Culture Roulette has. That normally <laughs> I need all three of us to agree on something. I'm going to like just co-opt it and say those two agree yep. with me as well and, and give that the, the pop culture roulette stamp of approval. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just recently rewatched My Name is Earl. It's a brilliant show. Oh, I'm so mad that I forgot how much of a cliffhanger it ended on. Yeah. I tend to not watch the last few episodes because of that. Like, cause uh, I know how it's going to end and I know that I'm going to be bummed. I really want to know uh, what goes on. And, and I read uh, Greg Garcia, who wrote it and created it he wrote like a after story yeah. like what he thinks how it would end i like how it ended yeah but i would have been a beautiful it. yeah it would have been a beautiful ending and i'm really mad that like it's just never happened but in today's day and age where everything's getting rebooted they're bringing things back maybe there's still a chance you know yeah well you never know i mean randy would be super buff now and that yeah, would be an that, interesting I mean, turn You'd have to, you know, really, you know, do some interesting parts when it comes to that story. But yeah, because <laughs> um, I, I was, I redid Scrubs not too long ago as well because mm-hmm. they started that uh, fake Doctor's Real Friends podcast where they were yeah. doing a, a walk, a watch along. Yeah. Uh, until I decided I couldn't listen to the podcast anymore because it got way too political. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's, but I was like, I'm already like four or five seasons in at this point, like. I, or however long I was in before I gave up on the podcast, I just finished the series out. Like season eight ended one of the best endings to a TV show ever. Yeah. However, season nine exists. So, and that's the the teaching hospital one. Yeah, that's where like half the cast comes back, but only for a little bit because like none of them thought season nine was going to happen. So like yeah. <laughs> Neil Flynn went off and got the middle, and Zach Braff was off doing this, and like um. Uh, what's you know carlo was off doing something like you know oh was, yeah that's right like they just like they just like half the cast was like they had already signed on to something else and, and like they decided to bring in like dave franco and a whole bunch of other people oh, and i it, forgot dave franco was on that yeah it's see and it's not like i think had it not been scrubs like it might have been a decent show because like yeah. season nine is season nine is not bad it's just not good compared to what scrubs had been yeah totally like had it been a, its whole separate thing maybe it could have lasted or maybe it could have done something 
But I just I remember like Scrubs and My Name Is Earl and a bunch of shows like that were all on at the same time. So like, yeah. I tend to love them all in together. Yeah. But did you ever watch Raising Hope? I did. Um, I really liked the writing of it. I didn't like some of the acting, um, but I thought the story was good. Yeah, I I noticed on Raising Hope they would they brought a lot of the My Name Is Earl people back for a couple yes. episodes here or there. Or just in general, but every so often, like something in the background, they would say something about my name is Earl. Like, and I just always, yes. you know, uh, but Greg Garcia did the guest book a couple years ago, which yes. was pretty good. Um, I, mad I really they, liked that. Mad that that never got a third season. And then he did a show on something called Freebie, which is somehow related to Amazon. Yeah. Called Sprung. Yeah. I liked which, that. Which was really good, and I have no idea if that's ever going to get a second season because they just did. Uh, who knows? It's so interesting. He gets all these chances, and it never like, and he should get them because he's really smart and funny and creative, and they're all very interesting ideas. But they never really take off, right? And uh, like, I have thoroughly enjoyed pretty much everything he's ever done. But like, I feel like I must. Well, I'm not the only one, and you're included. You and I are the only ones who are like, yes. <laughs> If Greg Garcia could figure out how to make a show just for the two of us, he would have a perfect audience. <laughs> sure, there's a few more of us. Yeah, well, probably. All right, anything? I mean, I know that you were were pretty much done with shows for the year, but you said you don't. Do you just not do like world tours, or do you just only play in the Dayton and surrounding areas? We really just play in the Dayton area anymore. If we were offered something. We well, we really don't get offers anymore. But if we did, we would at least discuss it. It, it, it would at least be a discussion. But um, I'm 41. I'm the oldest in the band, but um, most of the guys are around my age, and they are like several business owners, and a lot of us have kids and families, and it's just hard to justify doing because it's essentially a hobby. It's something right. that we love to do, but it's it's hard to take away that time. We all work so much. Um, I have three jobs, and a lot of the guys have a lot of a lot of time wrapped up into their things. So it's hard to do that. One, our bass player Christian is in three other bands, one of which tours pretty frequently. So uh, they're called the Raging Nathans. They're a really cool punk band, and. Most of the time he's out with them. So we really just don't have a lot of time to do it anyway. And we don't get a lot of offers. Um, there's not a lot of money in touring, especially if you're not a big act and we are not. And there's not a lot of call for middle-aged guys in pop punk bands anymore, unless they came out 20 years ago and you could do the when we were young festivals and that kind of stuff. But we uh, we're not that. So the likelihood of me being able to see you in Milwaukee anytime soon is probably pretty low. Pretty low. I wish I wish that I could say otherwise, but I don't see us touring. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll have to. Dayton's not that far away. I'll have to figure out how to make a a trip out there one of these days. Grab Charlie on your way. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys come out, and we'll make a weekend of it. I will. I will literally book a show for the two of you alone. 
and then we will have we'll build a show around it. So you just all let right, me you, know. You might be half kidding, but that's something that might happen. Um, I'm not. I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> I've done it before. My my friend Mo, uh, who I love dearly, and I and I worked with him with Hawthorne. He was a sound engineer. He was working for Daughtry and touring with with Daughtry, and they were in the area. They played in Dayton, and I knew he was going to be in town. And I wanted to play for him because I'd never played a show with him in the audience. So I booked a show the night that Daughtry played. So he, after he was done at work, he could come to our show. So there were, I mean, there were people there because we draw pretty well. There were people there to see the show, but I was playing just for Mo, essentially. <laughs> All right. Well, I will, I will absolutely keep that in mind. All right. But you're not touring, but there's definitely, I would still recommend even though you're not going to be able to, unless you happen to be in the Dayton area. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how many of my, I don't even know where most of my listeners come from because when I look at, <laughs> I don't necessarily believe this, the, the numbers that I get. And I, I, we don't make a lot of money off this podcast or sure. a lot, any money off this podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm unwilling to pay for whatever the, the stats are that you, you know, the sure. most of them have to pay for, um, so I don't really know where my actual base is. I assume most of it's Milwaukee because sure. that's where the three of us are from. But who knows? Where can we find you? Aside from online? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm because I would highly recommend listening to you guys, even though you're, you know, if you're in Hawaii for some reason, let's just say sure. somebody out there is listening to this. You're not touring Hawaii anytime soon. No, we're not. Uh, unless somebody really wants to, you know, pony up some cash. Uh, <laughs> but where, where, so I'm out there and where am I going to find you? I want to listen to the music because I will, I will, I, I will stamp it with my approval of, I think you guys are great. I really love the one album you guys have on Apple music. Well, thank you. There, there are more on Spotify. Um, and well, everything is on our Instagram, uh, night beast band. And uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, you can find at least our most recent record, which has almost all of our current players on it. Uh, there might be a couple of songs in the works that I've been, I've recorded probably six or seven songs myself here. I don't know if they'll see the light of day, but uh, I would say in the future, you'll get a few more Night Beast songs before I'm done. Okay. So it sounds like I'm going to need to download Spotify or, or really beg you to maybe remember <laughs> that Apple Music exists. <laughs> uh, all the songs worth listening to are on YouTube, too. So okay. everything from um, It's Different, I guess, is the EP that we put out in 2015. Okay. That that those are all on YouTube. Okay. I do. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff on YouTube. The Nasty Boys video, despite the disclaimer, uh, is not that bad. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's clearly you guys had a blast making it. We really um, did. Yeah, I I wasn't. You know, when I texted everybody to say that, that you you know undersold yourself, I wasn't just blowing smoke. I I I will say, like, I genuinely spent the night just watching you know Night Beast music videos because I was like, wow, these guys are good. <laughs> um, well i appreciate that and and it, it's um so there's that so go check them out night beast band at instagram um maybe if uh we're done here if you want to just send me your link so i can add them into the, the show sure, notes yeah. 
I think I've already put an Instagram post out kind of redirecting people over there. But, you know, obviously with the episode, I'll put them up again. This is the tricky part, because normally when I end the show, like I have I have an ending. Okay. But it always comes up. I always build it into something that we talked about. And with the interviews yet, I've never found a way to (laughs) to build this ending into it. So I either have to just come out of nowhere and say it or I have to come up with something. Um, and I also like leaving a lot of this nonsense in to make myself look dumb for some reason. <laughs> so there's unlikely that I've actually edited any of this out. Um, so there we go. That's how I'll do it. If you've been doing this podcast for however many years of multiple episodes and you're at, you know, 104, 105 of the current run and you've had the ending for a while and you can't remember how to end it or figure out how to end it properly, just remember. Stupid never walks alone. <laughs> Comic books have been around for almost a century, and in the last two decades, we've finally gotten to see many of these characters brought to life in movies and on TV. On the Moving Panels podcast, we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. Join me and my guests as we discuss both the good and the bad from Marvel, DC, and even some of the lesser-known comic book companies. Learn what is and isn't from the comics, as well as our nerdy review of the movie or show. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So join us for Moving Panels, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go.